Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Hey, this is Maximilian X here again, top of the show. Um, letting you guys know that um, for some miraculous reasons, we had some technical difficulties again this week. So uh, there will be a little interlude where the technical dif- difficulties occur, but we pick up our story from there. So uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Alrighty. Welcome, everybody, to a bonus episode of The Game Rivals. I'm here with my good friend, Maximilian. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. Has all your skepticism worn off since last week? Not even a little bit. (laughs) This is going to be a really fun bonus episode. Oh, yeah, it is. So some people may know Sony did a state of play yesterday, which is their own take on uh, i think a nintendo direct to put it that way yeah, i mean it's um, it's basically uh, it's 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 their answer to talking to the fans directly yeah yeah and um it's their first attempt um i i had my expectations pretty low because i didn't know what was going to happen um and what i liked about it is that's really centered around VR because Sony's still taking VR seriously. It's not like 3D that it just is silently dying off. Um, so I'm happy that it was had some VR content in there. I just don't know if the VR content in there is the right VR content we're currently looking for. What do you think? Um, does the phrase "thanks I hated" mean anything to you? No. Okay, so. Uh, uh, very brief quick history whenever someone says thanks i hate it basically it means that they have received something that they absolutely did not want and i absolutely did not want it to basically be state of vr because that's basically what i'm calling it right now well not me but someone said it on twitter and i thought you know what that's actually good i'm gonna take that so yeah i'm calling it state of vr because wow there was way too much vr in this it was, I believe, like 80% VR and 20% other stuff. There was even a game that didn't have VR that they say, oh, it's also going to have a VR experience. I'm like, why? <laughs> well, why would you say Why would you say that? Why Why do you hate me so much? So it's, I don't well, know. Like, let's put it this way. And I've told you this before today when we're talking. Sony is going to do some really cool stuff this year. And that stuff we all know is, the, is them announcing their next-gen console. They can't talk about it right now because they're not there yet. Maybe they need to lock some stuff in, but we know it's going to happen this year. Mm. So they have to keep fans interested, excited. This was not the way to do it, FYI. That's my opinion. They can't come out out of the gate saying, okay, bomb, we're going to do the PlayStation 5 announcement. Boom, 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 boom. Well, of course not because that's not ready yet. Yeah, but so... It's, I think it's cool that they're trying something new and that they're trying to at least keep fans informed of what the plans are and they're going to do multiple state of plays this year, they said. And since they backed out of E3, it's good that they have a different kind of format because yeah, otherwise mean, it's going to be a really quiet year. Yeah, but that's fine. My problem is... Well, my my problems um, are... Not many. 
I have a few, but it's layered. So, okay, so... We're, oh, so oh, that's how complex problems you have. No, but come on. You want to talk about it? Where, where should I begin? <laughs> shall, shall we start with the presentation itself? Because I have a few words about that. Sure. Because, like, as in, like, a present, from a presentation standpoint, to me, for someone who has experienced Nintendo Directs for the past... Uh, well, let's see. They started as long as it has existed. Well, yeah, for as long as it existed, which is now what, like, what five years or so. Um, even Nintendo Directs have gone through an up and down of in in designs and in direction and in editing, and they've never been perfect from the word go. It's been a rocky road, and they hit their stride somewhere in 2014, and they've had some duds in between then still, but overall, the presentation is thusly. The reason why it's called Nintendo Direct is because it is someone who's talking directly to you, the fans, and then presenting the video games that they have that they want to present. That's how that works. That's why it's called Nintendo Direct. That's why Iwata always had that that gesture, which is directly to you. We're, direct, we're presenting to you directly, face to face. This doesn't have that. This is as clinical as you can get in terms of presentation, which is... Fine, I guess, if you don't have a lot of things to show, but I kind of was hoping that they had some presenter. It didn't have to be Shuya Yoshida. It didn't have to be, um, what's his name again? Sean Layden. It didn't have to be Sean Layden. It could have been anybody at Sony, or they could have hired anyone to just stand in front of a camera and present the games. To me, that would have at least added some showmanship to it. As is, it was very clinical and and yes, yeah, I get it. It was straight somebody, to the point. It's gonna be a ripoff. Everybody's gonna bash it. Let's be honest. If they do that, what you're saying right now, they'll say, "Well, Sony just ripped off uh, Nintendo Direct." Uh, but at like, the very 100%. least, they were no. But at the very least, they would rip off something that I feel adds to the presentation, which is a good thing. I mean, if you're going to rip someone off, rip off the good parts, not the boring parts. I, I had no issues with the way that it was done. It was clear. It was easy. It was I liked the part that they uh, kind of showed the PlayStation and the PlayStation Pro at the end. You know, it, I think it was smooth. And I'm glad they didn't do something with the presenter because then the internet will be a fool with, oh, yeah, they ripped off Nintendo. Oh, it's really like Nintendo. And then this way, it's their original spin on it. Yeah, the idea isn't original, but at least it's an original spin they gave it. Yeah, I... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I like, I like the pageantry that Nintendo does and the like the city stuff. It gives them, of course, you like. No, it. You're a Nintendo no, fan. no, no. I mean, just saying, it gives them more. <laughs> it gives them more personality, which is something that was sorely missing. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's. Uh, I will give you this. Um, the whole thing about, um, after every game, they show a shot of it. They um, show you, like, what the compatibility is. Well, obviously, they'll show the regular PlayStation and PlayStation Pro. But they also show that, oh, this is, like, specifically made for VR, or this also has VR capabilities, which is a nice little touch. I mean, it's not like Nintendo has a bunch of different versions of the Switch, so they don't have to do that. But at least for them, it's a nice little touch that they can do.
All right, uh, we had some technical difficulties there, ladies and gentlemen, but suffice to say, we are back, and I'm just going to continue where I left off, which is I was ranting about, well, I wasn't ranting, I was giving at least some compliments to uh, State of Play, where at the end of every game's end card, they showed the compatibility of the systems. I mean, obviously, if it works on a PlayStation 4, it works on a PlayStation 4 Pro, but they also show specifically like, oh, this is the hardware. This is what it looks like. Oh, and it's also compatible exclusively with PlayStation VR. And this is the hardware that you need to be able to play that game. So, you know, kudos to them for that. Because suffice to say, I wouldn't be surprised if the if people aren't confused as to what they need to play certain games on on. A PlayStation machine because you have the regular PlayStation, you have the Pro, but you also have like VR exclusive games. So you have to be, you have to make sure that your audience is at least aware of, you know, what's what. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so that's kind of basically that was basically the end of the end of my rant right there. Okay. Um, talk about the games they showed. Yeah, let's talk about. Okay. Um, let's talk about the first game they showed. I was. Uh, let me put it. Which this was? Way. I don't know. I don't. It's Iron Man VR. Yeah. And I would have been completely okay if this game didn't exist at all. The re- the, the feeling I get of the God when really? I saw that movie game was, okay, um, this looks like Marvel games finally realized that they can make games with the MCU. So now they're trying to cash in on that and just bring out an Iron Man game. Because if it looked, if the whole game is going to be like the trailer looked, and people are probably not going to like that game. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, here's... A, like, for me, when I saw this game, it was a roller coaster. Because I, I first saw that intro and was like, wait, what is this about? And then he said Friday. I'm like, oh my god, is this an Iron Man game? Are we finally going to get a new Iron Man game? I'm so excited. And then he got blasted out and then it went to first person. And then I was like, oh no, what is this? And then it switched back, and I was like, okay, so this is kind of not says not actual gameplay. I'm like, okay, now I'm worried. And then it switched back to first person again. I'm like, oh no, is this a VR experience? And then, then it showed the title. I was like, oh god damn it. And then I showed who then I saw who made it. And it's like Camouflage. Camouflage is made up of a is, is a development studio that is made up of a bunch of industry veterans uh, and is led by uh, oh my god, and I should have pulled up his name again because I kind of forgot. Is it Ryan Payton um, from the MGS series? Yeah, exactly. Ryan Payton from the MGS series. Oh. And their first game is a, full disclosure, their first game, uh, Republic, I actually um, kickstarted it. Um, I actually, you know, the, the offered to the Kickstarter, um, and I got that game as a part of my Kickstarter rewards. Uh, so, you know, full disclosure there when I say that that game was actually interesting for what it was. And I'm happy that they made it and I'm happy that that game exists. And I'm happy that they're doing something bigger, which is I feel that that's the direction that that studio wanted to go. That that, that was Ryan's vision for them to actually make triple A experiences uh, on somewhat of a budget. And I, and I think this is part of that next step. I'm just disappointed that it had to be a VR experience instead of like an actual Iron Man game. Yeah, I believe it's a collaboration between Worldwide Studios, Marvel Games, and Camouflage. 
and camouflage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It. Let's put it this way: there's a lot of VR games in there. Um, there was this one game, for example. Um, what was it called? Uh, it was the one with the guns blazing, kind of the shooter esque uh, game. Oh right, yeah, the Blood and Truth. I believe it was called. Yeah, yeah, Blood and Truth, yeah, which that really looked cool. In, which in well, which in state of play, they said they announced at the Paris the, game the Paris Game Show, which I was like, they did because I did. I like this is the first time I'm hearing. Yeah, kind of. I remember that they did. I believe it was last two years ago, something like that. Last year, two yeah. years ago, um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of a Mission Impossible ish kind of game. Um, well, the thing that at least that's that stood out to me about um, Blood and Truth is that there's motion in the game, as in you as the player have actual motion instead of using you know the teleportation system. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are of course a lot of shooting. Um, there are a lot of shooting segments in the game that are where you're fixed to a point and you're just turning around and shooting at the enemy. But there are also moments where you see that the character you're playing as makes a forward momentum as if they're actually walking. So I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work. I am intrigued if that is something that the PlayStation VR is capable of tracking because I didn't think that it was capable of tracking I'm worried about motion something like that. Oh, th- for sure. I'm pretty sure there are going to be people that would get motion sickness from it. I have not played enough of VR to say that I would be so- one of those people that would get motion sickness from moving too much in VR. I don't know. Yeah. So... Uh, that that was one of the that was one of the few games that even if it was even though it was a VR game I was at least intrigued by it just because of the way it looks and the pedigree behind it and the voice talent and the actors behind it it kind of felt like um, Quantum Break on the X, on the Xbox mm-hmm. One except you know without all the whole and it's a TV show and <laughs> it's in and it's episodic and yeah yeah, yeah no no yeah. no it's it's a straightforward experience um, with some very talented people behind it. So I'm curious to learn more about it. Am I gonna play a place, pick up a PlayStation VR because of that? Probably not. Yeah, but to be honest, but at least it looks intriguing. To me. I think that's the whole issue with VR in general, and that's not just PlayStation VR. That's the Vive. It's the Oculus Rift. It's all the VR stuff out there. There isn't enough content to just, at least that's how I look at it. There isn't enough content there to justify the purchase of a VR headset. I know somebody that bought the VR, the PlayStation VR when it first came out. He paid full price for it. He played maybe one or two games for it. And then his headset sat in a corner collecting dust. And that's what a lot of VR games. You can maybe count on one hand or on two hands the amount of actually good VR experiences. Besides that, it's just, it, yeah, that's the whole reason why I don't buy or play VR because, yeah, I can't. Just, Does he still own it? I believe he still owns it. But it's. I'll pay him 50 bucks yeah, for it. I'll never sell it for 50 bucks. He'll <laughs> 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 probably tell you to shove the 50 bucks somewhere. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah, so that's like, for example, I played um, my first. I, I, 
last month or the month before that, it was the first time I actually played something in VR. It was on the Oculus Rift, and I played uh, a game made by Epic. It was this robo shooter, and then you had to um, clear out a city and shoot. It really looked nice, beautiful. But I thought, okay, but this is not the reason why I would buy a VR headset. And I also played Beat Saber, which is super cool. But I don't see that. Like, that's something that's fun to do once in a while. But that's not something that's going to keep me going back to VR all the time. And I, I like that Sony shows a commitment towards VR. Because the only way to make VR a success is to keep making games for it. Um, but I think we're still, even though we're a few years into VR, I think we're still in that area in VR that we just still don't know what works and doesn't work. And there's a lot of experimentation. But even, but, even, but here's the thing, even with Blood and Truth and Iron Man VR, did they show a lot of actual games? Because they showed more games that have VR support to them. So, I don't know, that also kind of doesn't help yeah which yeah it's we're just gonna have to wait and see i mean at least they're yeah. committed it's not like 3d that they did something for it in the beginning and then they caught all the support for it later i mean 3d yeah. had a really silent death mm. yeah true they did show other so what did stuff. you think about yeah i mean i guess like Oh, Crash Team Racing? Yeah, I, I would. I, I thought it was cool to see that the environments were pretty 3D and pretty, and then the characters were still a bit like I wouldn't say blocky, but the characters really look the same. Yeah, from I, the I mean it's. Just, one, uh, I mean, uh, I mean it's. I mean it's just. I, I, I'm assuming that's like a separate skin that you can choose between, like the HD skin and the polygonal skin. Yeah. That looks more like the original game. Which I guess is the only thing they can do, considering that that's literally the only racing game they ever put out. So it's not like they can put in retro, uh, they can put in retro titles like uh, tracks like Mario Kart does. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice attempt. Yeah. Um, to, to 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 get that nostalgic, uh, to, to get that nostalgic feeling rising. Yeah. They also showed. Um, what did they show? They showed uh, Concrete Genie, no which is a game that they. Uh... Do you? Do you understand what that game is about? Because I don't. I, I mean, I've uh, because they announced that game at E three, and then I saw that I saw that, that I saw the E three trailer when they showed it first time. And I was like, you know, this is a very pretty game. I have no idea what it is about. I think with one, and then they showed this one, and I'm like, it's still a pretty game, and they showed some kind of a story. I think it's one of those games you have. I'm to still play. not sure what it is about. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. Like, I know, I don't know. I guess I'll try it eventually when it comes out, but I'm not going to lie. These, like the first trailer and this trailer has not convinced me that the experience is there. It's just I, a pretty game to look I at. I had the same thing with Tearaway and Tearaway turned out to be a really good game. When I first saw that, I, I was thinking, okay, what did, what's this? Why why should I even play this? And when it came out, it was a success. Did you play it as intended? To be honest, I didn't play it at all. But uh, I did check the reviews. Shame. Even I finished that game. Oh wow! He finally finished it. No, <laughs> no, but it's I don't I don't know. Nah, watch uh, it. Watch I it. Just, uh, I mean, I 
I bought it because it came with the Vita. It came with the Vita that I bought. Mm-hmm. I, I think like six years ago or something. It was. It, it was. It was when. It was when the they were phasing out the OLED version. Okay. So the original Vita for the other one, and they like cut the price of the original one by a lot. I was like, okay, you know what? If there's any time to pick up a Vita now, now's the time because I already bought PlayStation or um, Persona 4 Golden months before. Yeah. Even before I even had a yeah, Vita, so that. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna pick it up. It comes with Terraway, so that's another free game with that. That's great. And I played it, and it's a lot of yeah, fun. But when I first saw but, the game, I wasn't but, really convinced to play the game, but the reviews are raving. See, see, with that, that's like the complete opposite experience that I have with the Terraway. Um, trailer because I was like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. This looks very interesting. Something way more up Media Molecule's alley. This is something that, at the very least, I I was like, okay, this is something that is very Media Molecule. It fits within their wheelhouse. The gameplay looks like it would be fun. And the gameplay is fun. If you played it on Vita, that's, I think, the best experience you could have. I'm not sure what the the experience translates to the playstation 4 port but the whole point of the whole vita game was that it utilized all the aspects and it wasn't just like a it wasn't a throwaway implementation of those um features of the vita it used them in very intuitive ways and it was fun and even that's the only reason i was determined to finish that game because i wanted to see how it ended but with Concrete Genie, I didn't have that same feeling that I had with Tearaway. I don't think it's a game I would play, but I think it's one of those games you just have to wait and see for the reviews to find out if it's going to be okay or not. Yeah, but I feel that if I have to watch a review for them to explain to me what kind of game this is, then you kind of already lost me. You can win them all. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, um observation okay cool. so the next did you see that one yeah oh yeah. yes yes i have no idea how that's going and to i'm out. so glad it's not because i saw that and i thought it was oh no it's not another vr experience but it's no. not but it's it's strange it's not because in the trailer it said you don't play in the station you are the station or something like that and i thought yeah it okay, said something what's really that cryptic. and then you constantly say, sh- saw these um camera footage moments so i think okay don't tell me. I want to play as that character because that character is going through something scary. I want to be able to experience that. If I, if that is what, if I'll have to check the trailer again because I've only watched it twice, but I'd have to check the trailer again to make sure. But if that is what it said, then it kind of sounds to me that this game is a bit of derivative of Republic, the game that I was talking mm-hmm. about, um, which is also out on PlayStation, uh, on PlayStation Four where you don't control the character per se, you guide the character yeah. by, you know, taking over uh, camera angles and telling them, oh, interact with this object or with this guard or with this item and I'll flip a switch for you to make sure you get a clean getaway and not get caught and stuff like yeah. that. If it's that, then... I'm all in. I'm all in 100%. I will play this game. I'll I'll let you guys know what it's like. Because to me, Observation actually looks so cool. 
but then again, it, it is a sci-fi game. It is a sci-fi horror game set in space. It's not a horror game, man. It's a thriller. Oh, sorry. It's a yeah. thriller. Okay. I mean, I can dig that. Yeah. I can dig that. I don't need horror in my life. <laughs> they showed... Let me check yeah. what they did. They had uh, Mortal Kombat 11's new story mode. I, I don't yeah, play, the yeah, story. I don't play fighting games. So. <laughs> okay, I will say this: best trailer of them yeah, all, by far, by like a long while. Like Neverrealm knows how to set up their Mortal Kombat trailers. This one was their best yeah. by far. Just my favorite interactions were those of Johnny Cage, Young, and Johnny Cage present. Yeah, because Young Johnny Cage is like is a total and complete Hollywood a-hole <laughs> and you and you know that present johnny cage is this weathered hollywood actor and the the point where young johnny cage asks his older self uh, or s- says to his older self i do my own stunts and older one is like says well i have people for yeah. that and then his younger self says poser and like ah oh, really you're the poser like being oh i do my own stunts uh, I'm a dude, bruh. Yeah, Hollywood, man. Kiss my pecs. Mwah, mwah, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel for older Johnny Cage, for present day Johnny Cage, because you just want to punch yourself in the face, and he gets to do that in this game. So that's that yeah. looks like a lot of fun. That yeah. makes. I'm not a Mortal Kombat guy, but that almost makes me want to pick up Mortal Kombat. Um, I won't play it. I'm I'm not in the fighting games. <laughs> but I might also just check out the trailers on on YouTube when it comes out, or watch a let's play or something. Yeah. But it it did get me this close to be like, okay, you know what? I might actually pick this up. It got me that close. <laughs> well, then they so, almost did their jobs right. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's if you're gonna make a trailer, sell the game. That almost sold me on the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there were. I believe two other VR things there. Five Nights at Freddy's, which is kind of a horror yeah. game, I think. I don't know. I've never heard of it before. So the Five Nights at Freddy's game series is this indie, this indie series that blew up over a span of two years. I mean, and when I say over a span of two years, I mean the first game came out and the fifth game came out within two years of each other. Damn, that's fast. Yeah. Mostly because the experiences are small. And what it is is that you are, depending on which game you're playing, most of them are have one goal in mind, and that's to produce a jump scare. Okay. I don't like that. And it is probably one of the reasons why the YouTube gaming exploded back in the day, because everyone was playing this game for the jump scares. Especially people like you know PewDiePie and Markiplier and stuff like that. So, not my cup of tea. I don't like jump scares. Don't care for it. I do like the theory videos that they do on game theories. So that's always fun because that's mostly about the lore and not about the gameplay. Nice. And the the lore the lore is in for for a indie. I, yeah, it's a franchise because it has books and a movie deal now. So. For a indie franchise that was made by one dude, it has a ridiculous amount of lore. That's nice. And that's the only that's the only thing that I'm looking forward to when this game comes out. 
that's the only thing I'm looking forward to because one, I'm not gonna buy a PlayStation VR headset just for this game, and two, I don't want to play a Five Nights at Freddy game in VR to begin with because that's jump scares in your face. Um, unless you want to have a heart at heart attack, I wouldn't do or it. Or pee your pants. Or if you're yeah, or pee your pants. Yeah. Um, the other VR game was No Man. Well, not VR game, but VR supported game was No Man's Sky. Getting full PlayStation VR support. I was completely surprised that by that one because I thought, okay, but they said it's gonna be fully playable in VR or something like that. And yeah, thought, yeah, okay, the whole game will will be. The, the, I get the flying part, which which looked cool, but how are you going to take care of the motion sickness part? Are you gonna do the teleporting stuff that you can just teleport over the map? Because otherwise, people. Well, from. From what they showed, you drive you drive your vehicle, so I think that's how they're gonna do it. They might add they might add teleportation, yeah. but it also showed the character swimming. So it was it's an interesting one. To yeah, see. it's cool that they're gonna add it. And it, it's cool they're gonna add it to the game, and it's a free update, so you don't have to pay for it. Beyond's also gonna um, include. But, um, I don't know if you knew that. Beyond's also gonna include a full or like a a pretty expansive multiplayer experience. But what is going to add a full player multiplayer? The expansion beyond, or the update, as it's called, it's going to add a oh, multiplayer right. yeah, experience yeah, yeah. to the game. Oh, really? They said that okay, uh, two weeks ago, last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard Yeah, that's going to that be yet. cool, I think, because there, there's a form of multiplayer in the game right now, but it's going to be more expansive. Yeah, so now you can, you can actually interact with people... Um, as long as you're all in the same instance. Yeah, I think it, it might be the, in a, an opportunity for a lot of those uh, YouTube streamers. I think we'll see a lot of videos yeah. around this. And then they had sure. Ready Set Heroes, which is which kind of reminded me of a kid-friendly gauntlet back on the N64. It's a dungeon yeah, yeah, crawler. Yeah. And oh, it actually kind of, it actually kind of reminded me more of a top-down Castle Crashers. I didn't play Castle Crashers. I mean, th- th- that was a multiplayer um, 2D brawler on uh, Xbox Live Arcade uh, back in the day on the Xbox 360. Mm. Ka- kind of like Streets of Rage. Okay. Yeah, it, it looked fun and kid-friendly in a way. And you can also um, play... There's kind of a PvP in it, and then the end of the match turns into a PvP, which is a cool twist. Yeah, I'm, th- that, that actually looks interesting. I'm kind of curious how they're doing that. I want to... I want to learn more about this game purely on that notion because if if it was just if it was just the brawler aspect, I'd be like, okay, it's just another brawler. But the fact that you can play co-op with other people, but you're also playing towards facing off each other at the end, that is a very cool aspect. And considering that the wording was really weird on this one because they said. It was randomly chosen, the level. They didn't say generated. They said randomly chosen level. Yeah. The check it again. It's a really weird wording of that uh, of of that. So I wasn't really sure if they meant randomly generated, but they specifically said randomly chosen levels. Yeah, it is weird. Which is a really weird way to say that. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it is fixed levels and you don't choose which levels you play. You just get a random level that you're plopped into. I don't know. And I think the final um, one was the Days Gone story trailer. Well, they showed a reel of PlayStation VR games, which included a bunch of games that were already announced, and I think a bunch of games that weren't announced. No, these were ga- these were PlayStation VR games that were announced, but they are not out yet. 
Um, one of the games was a game that uh, Justin Roiland, uh, one of the creators of Rick and Morty, is working on. And you can really tell that it's a Justin Roiland uh, joint because it, it has his voice in it and it looks weird. Has a dude with like, it has a dude with eye, eyes with eyeballs in them in his eye sockets. It's, it's really weird. Okay. <laughs> I forget what the name's called, but it's really weird. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, but the last thing, of course, is your favorite topic: Days yes. Gone. It's finally yes. coming out. We're gonna finally play. They didn't it. push the date back. I I've will keep, say I've this. I've been clap, saying clap, this for clap, two clap, months clap. to you. They're not gonna push this game. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell uh -huh. you? I've been I've been saying this since one of our first episodes. They're not gonna push the effing game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's still three weeks. You never know. What no, they're happen. not gonna. Push. Anyway, it looked fun. It gave it more. It gave more insight into what's happening to your wife. Well, they showed more of the yeah, story, like that. which. I don't know if you got that same vibe, but my first vibe was, wow, this reminds me a lot of the storyline for uh, Walking Dead. I have, I've only watched the first half of the season, and after that, I didn't watch it because it was too slow for me. Oh, that, wow, then you saw more than that because I only saw the first episode. Yeah, I, 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 I literally <laughs> couldn't but, but, stand but you see, the guy wakes up but the out thing of a is, coma, the thing is you see, and then he, his wife is with his best friend, the world's at its end, and then his wife and his best friend are worrying that he's going to find out that they cheated on him. Seriously, is that what you're going to think about at the end of the world? Yeah, I think, yeah, pri yeah, priorities, man. Yeah. Half of them. Aha, <laughs> uh -huh, okay. Bye. Yeah. But yeah, Days Gone's story looks interesting. I just hate the fact that they're the umpteenth developer that feels that they can't call zombies zombies anymore and freakers uh, just call them zombies yeah but in every interview in which people talk about zombies they correct them and say no no no, they're not zombies they're freakers i think it's no they're zombies they're, i think the problem is that they constantly get compared to the last of us and they're trying to stick out and they don't want that comparison with The Last of Us, so they're constantly trying to change the, the narrative so that people say, okay, it doesn't look like The Last of Us. It doesn't look like The Last yeah, of Us. Yeah, but a lot of people are comparing it to The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People tend to compare things that they recognize. Yeah. Which is why everything is... Which is why everything is... It's like Dark Souls, but... <laughs> Not everything is freaking Dark Souls, people. Yeah. Thank goodness we've we've moved past that point. Luckily, I believe um, that's it. I think, yeah, I think we covered yeah. it. Um, do you want to give this a grade? I'm not gonna do that. I think it's too mm. early to do. Let me put it this way, and I said it at the beginning. I think there's a lot of potential for Sony to leverage this kind of messaging. It's the first one. Oh, without a doubt. And yeah, it was a lot of VR stuff in there. Um, again, they're probably just really anxious and they re they're, they're probably excited to talk about new the next gen, but they still can. So it's I think it's going to be, they're going to have to challenge themselves to keep people interested and come up with cool stuff or show cool stuff instead of using... It kind of feels like filler content. It's like, okay, we have to show you something or we have to tell you something so we stay relevant in the conversation instead of just being overshadowed because 
Microsoft's talking about xCloud. We had the Stadia announcement earlier last at the beginning of last week. So Sony has to do something to stay relevant or to be at least noticed. Nintendo did a lot of direct stuff. But you, you haven't heard anything from Sony so far. So I think this is their way of saying, hey, we're still in this race. We just can't say mm. a lot because we're working on something pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that the next one is going to be better because I think they'll probably announce a release date for Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima in one of the state of plays. I just don't know in which one they'll do this, but they'll probably do it there. I would assume so. Um, probably the one they're going to do for E3. Yeah, yeah, E3 is in, uh, what, two months? So, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to end it with a, a couple of things that I feel that they could have, that they can improve on, at least from my perspective. One, make it less clinical. Um, this was way too clinical for me. If you're going to do it this way, you might as well just put out a press a press release because this is this basically turns out to be nothing more than a video version of a press briefing or a companion piece to a press briefing and if you're gonna do something like this add a little more spice to it like it can be it can be spicy just put some spice in it two i like the presentation style because it's very on brand and very playstation um you know the lettering and the color coding and stuff like that the blade thing uh where they show the game and then start talking about it that's on brand that's nice keep that just yeah the presentation make it a little bit less clinical and three and this is probably going to surprise you but they don't have to only show stuff that is coming out they can also show stuff that they feel that people should be playing that is already out or recently got released like i um like i said before we started recording uh sekiro died uh, uh souls died twice is that the title? Should Sekiro die twice? Yeah. Um, that game got released last week. They didn't talk about that at Shadows all. They didn't say, twice. oh, by the way, yeah, Shadows Die Twice. They didn't say that, they didn't say anything about, oh, this game just came out. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you haven't heard of but it. They did but this game came out and block. it kicks ass. They've done interviews and stuff like that on the PlayStation blog. Yeah, but that means you'd have to read the PlayStation blog. And unless you're. I read the PlayStation into, blog. Unless. <laughs> You do, but not everybody. That's like me saying, oh, I go to the Nintendo website but every let's single be honest. day. I mean, Sekiro... But that's is, not everybody. It's a, it's a pretty big game. It's not like it's this small indie title and that it needs to create a lot of buzz. There's a lot of gaming outlets and, and websites talking about the game. But did you remember that it was... But did you remember that that game was coming out this yes. month? Because I yeah, actually well, thought did, about course, buying so. the game and I thought, look, let me, let me just play a bit more Division and then I'll buy... Uh, the game. Do you, were, do you know when I got reminded that the game you existed? You probably saw somebody in your list playing it. Exactly. Yeah. And that is bad. Yeah, but that is very bad. That's the fundamental difference between you and me. I spend all my time on my PlayStation and some of my time on my PC. You spend almost all your time on your Nintendo and some of your time on your PlayStation. So it's natural that these things are going to go past you unless the, the, the game comes out on Switch. Because then you'd know because of your avenues of news or whatever you use to find out what's coming out yes or no i mean i that's partially it but that's not all of it okay other other big publications were talking about it as much ign for example at least at least not at least not not until it came out yeah 
Not until it came out. I don't know out. if it's if Come on. I don't know if it's something they should do because it's like stating the obvious. You know, you could get a no shit Sherlock reaction out of people because people already know that's coming out. Mm. I'd rather have that than not mention it at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, those are those are basically the pointers that I can give about that. If they fix those three things then I think they can have a presentation that is really worth its salt and really distinct PlayStation. Yeah, well, I think this is only the first one. And I, th- I, don't, I think, like, let's be honest, Nintendo probably didn't nail it on their first go. So No, they did yeah, not. Yeah, so no. I think they need to but just it keep was in- But it was interesting. But here's the thing. It wasn't that great, but it was weird enough for people to keep talking about it for a week. Yeah. For at least a okay. week. I mean, people still reference one of the... The, the first time they they did the, the the digital the digital event for E3 where Iwata was staring at a bunch of bananas just just staring at a bunch of bananas in his hand nothing no no text just him staring at a bunch of bananas people still talk to that until this day and even Nintendo has embraced that meme that turned into a meme and Nintendo then embraced that meme okay. so that that shit went full circle I don't see that happening with this state of play. Hopefully, in the future, we get something similar, but very on brand for PlayStation that comes full circle again. That becomes something that fans, whether they're PlayStation fans or not, can agree that that was something interesting and stays in the collective gaming mind. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I guess. Cool. We'll be right back after this, cool. I believe, with your Nintendies Direct, I believe it's called. With the Nintendies Direct? Yeah, that's the second part of this special. Yeah. So uh, we'll be right back. All right, and we're back with the second segment of this special episode. This a bonus round of The Gaming Ripe. Um, and we're going to talk about the other presentation that we had earlier in the week, which was the Nindy's Spring Showcase 2019, which happened during GDC 2019. Uh, it's something that they've done before in the past. Basically, whenever there's a GDC, they Nintendo likes to promote the indie titles that are coming to um, their platform for that year, or at least for the spring period of that year mostly because those developers are also at GDC at that time, so they can do a nice little cross-promotion and talk during GDC about their games that are coming out on, well, in this case, the Switch. So, um, you haven't seen this, Sean. No, I have not. I for- But I, I have. Did. Yeah. Tell Many me what times. Happened. What did I miss? <laughs> Many times. Mostly because I was... Mostly because I was watching other people's reaction to certain announcements, but well, I'll get to it. Okay. But yeah, I've seen this presentation many times now because of that, and um, ooh, wow, um, night and day between state of play, but also on a personal level, this is probably the best Nindy showcase they've had since two thousand fifteen. I want to say. Either 2015 or 2014, they had a they had a spring showcase that had no. They had a special showcase during an E3 where they showed off a a bunch of 
cool indie titles and they made those games available to play. They had the demos set up so that you can download them to the Wii U, which was awesome, by the way. Also, okay. if you played the demo, if you played that demo during that period of time, if you bought the game when it came out, you got a nice little discount on it as well. Oh, that's cool. So that was, yeah, that was probably I think 2014. That was probably their best indie showcase that they that they'd done up until that point. And they've had okay indie directs. I mean, the one they had in early January was fine, but it didn't have a lot of cool games. This one. Oh boy, um, I'm gonna try and go through it the same way we went through it um, uh, as it is in the Nindy Direct itself. We're not gonna go through it because otherwise I'm just gonna start with the best part and then go from there. But let's start with the most interesting thing that happened. Later. So Cuphead is coming, Cuphead is coming to Switch. What is but I, oh, yeah, Cuphead, yeah. Did you see the trailer for it? The, the the switch trailer no i i only saw cuphead for the xbox uh when it initially got announced and all the press okay. of did around it so after this i urge you to go watch the nindies direct because or at least the trailers that came out of it individually because nintendo neatly has all those trailers individually check at the very least check out the cuphead trailer because that is bonkers <laughs> i mean i can explain it to you now but you have to see it to fully grasp what what I'm saying is because here's how the Nindies direct started. Okay, so okay, it started off with this dude in a 1940s 1950s s kind of newsreel where he was explaining to the people that adults should switch from coffee to milk, and he was explaining how you're supposed to pour the milk into the cup, and then he put on this weird plastic see-through mask with weird makeup on it okay and it just looked and it looked like we're about to see a horror game unfold or something <laughs> i don't know and then he pours the milk into the cup and cup and uh and cuphead and mug and um what is it mug boy i don't cuphead know i haven't played the game i know it's a really difficult and hard game but i i don't yeah yeah so yeah so the two characters spring out of the cup of milk and they start dancing and they start playing this very 1940s song and they start dancing to it and the dude starts dancing behind them like weird like this weird stiff white people dance from the 40s oh, wow. and it switched to the game then it switches to the game plan and it ends with cuphead is coming to nintendo switch it's, and that it caught me off guard i knew that there were rumors i knew of the rumors but i will say this i i am not a fan of rumors much like I'm not a fan of watching Marvel trailers, because A, whatever it is, it's probably going to be awesome, and I don't want it to spoil the effect of finding out about it the first time. So, but they still caught me off guard, and that was a very good get me, because I saw that trailer, and I have no idea what, is, <laughs> what game it was going to be, and then it was covered, I'm like, what? I like so that's trailer. true the rumors were true oh that's so crazy and i kind of wish that i captured the moment but i was at work i was working that time so i wasn't able to actually record myself doing a you know a reaction video of it or whatever um <laughs> but yeah cuphead coming to switch partially thanks to microphone they even say in the trailer thanks to our friends at microsoft for making this possible which is just 
not I I don't think we've ever seen this happen in the game industry before. Not to that's this what level, I'm, but that's what I said earlier. Microsoft is playing this. Hey, we just want everybody to experience our stuff. Blah blah blah. We're all about crossplay. Blah blah blah. Because they lost this generation. But if they had won this generation, I honestly don't think they would have played this big friendly giant like hey we just want everybody to play and together and blah 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 no i think it's honestly because of their position they they think okay we can't win this then we have to play at a different angle and a different angle is bringing as much our platforms or our games to as much platforms as we can i mean there are rumors flying around that xbox live is going to come to switch i mean if they pull that off yeah but they've already um they actually in fact Today, I think it was today or yesterday, they actually, during an interview, they were confronted with this question and they said, well, no, there's no SDK for Xbox Live for Switch right now, but who knows what the future holds? I mean, I'm not saying that that it's, I mean, that's pretty, you know, that's double speak, you know? Yeah. So... I'm not saying that it won't happen, but I think the other reason, I mean, I, yes, I agree with you. I don't think that if they were in the lead in terms of, you know, uh, uh, units sold or whatever, or exclusives, they would not be doing this. They would probably be doing the same thing that PlayStation is doing right now. Yeah. But at the same time, when they came with the Xbox One, it was under completely different management. And they had a completely different vision for this product that they had. Under under uh, Phil Spencer, his vision is of Xbox is is Xbox doesn't need to just be a system to them. Xbox itself is the brand, the platform, and they want to share as far as they possibly can. And they also still want to do the things that they said before with the whole cloud gaming, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've heard rumors about that as well. Um, so here's what I think, at least if we can, the, if we can like little quick tangent here, here's what I think that Microsoft wants to become. They want to be that halfway point where you still have the high-end console that they want to sell you, but at the same time, they want you to experience the games that they have on whatever platform you own. So it's gonna be a little bit of what Stadia is, but it's also gonna be more of the traditional stuff, which I think would work way better because it is a halfway step that I think people need before they can make the full transition into completely digital only. And this and this and this and this Xbox One S that they announced, the all digital uh, edition that's coming out with just with no uh, with no disk drive in it, which is still a rumor. No, no I think I think that one's confirmed. Like um, a, a couple of days I'm ago. Aware of, uh, uh, it's still a rumor. I'm pretty sure that that was fact, but we'll have to look it up. Um, well, suffice to say, whether whether it's still a rumor or not. The point still comes to this, right? They are willing to experiment with this and see how people's reaction is going to be. There is one major flaw, though. 
because from what I've heard, that system is going to come with a 500 gigabyte hard drive. I heard something about a terabyte. Yeah, it's not a terabyte. Wait, well, let's put it this way. If it's going to be a 500 gigabyte model, you can still plug in an external hard drive and play games on that. Yeah, but why would you want to? Because you can, and it's cheap. Well, well not, okay, fine, you can, but that you know doesn't what, mean you what should. What my issue is with this whole stuff that you're talking about, I understand what you're saying, but the stuff that Phil Spencer's been preaching, to put it that way, is something he's yeah. been preaching the last two years. We're at the end of this cycle. And at the we're beginning, getting to the end of this. Yeah, we're, we're like almost there. It's something they started preaching the last two years. But before that, they were all in on exclusive this, exclusive that, Xbox this, blah, 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 that. So it's not something they came up with. Oh, okay, Don Metric got kicked out. Phil Spencer took over the reins. Okay, we're going to redefine the brand. We're going to make it a brand. It's not something they started out from the beginning. It's something they pivoted to towards at the end of the cycle or the last two years at least. So it's not that it's this, this hasn't been their messaging since day one. It's more at what I said. Okay, we have to play at a different angle because we're not going to be number one and there's no chance for us to catch up. I mean, last gen, Sony started out in second place or in third place and they caught up eventually and they surpassed Xbox 360. And mm. that, when Microsoft realized, okay, we, we won't be able to do that, they, they were in this position thinking, okay, we need to pivot, we need to come up with something else. And now they're playing this big friendly giant and saying, hey, we want everybody to be able to play with everybody, cross-platform, blah, blah, blah. So that's the part that bugs me. It's not that that's been their messaging day one. It's been this, well, we need to stick out otherwise, so let's do this. Okay? They're doing <laughs> cool stuff. I mean, last E3, they bought five studios. Yeah. Is that something cool? Because that well, clearly... No, they announced, they announced three... And then later, no, they announced two, and then later three got added, so a total of five. Yeah. Yeah. So like they, that, they the, bought the a lot of stuff. They like bought the, the people behind Horizon, Horizon, Forza Horizon. They bought people behind. They bought Ninja Theory. They bought a lot of stuff, and that's cool because that's that shows their commitment to hey, we see that people want exclusive experiences. We're unable to deliver those at this moment, and we're gonna invest in those. So that's cool. And for me, as a gamer, that's showing commitment. That's that's showing interest. But this angle they're playing, it doesn't get me at all. And it's purely because I know it's, it doesn't feel genuine. It's it, it, because, you know, hey, man, it's only because you're in second place and you need to stick out otherwise. I mean, Nintendo's not even counting in this race because Nintendo's always done their own thing, which I respect because they're like, we don't care about what everybody's yeah. doing. We just want to do our own thing. And we don't care what other people think because we believe our way is the best way to go. And that's cool. Yeah. And of course, the game industry is maturing. We are going towards a, a point in which the rivalries that we had in the past are starting to become a thing of the past. I mean, last year with the Game Awards, Phil Spencer, Sean Layden, and Reggie Philomane all showed up on stage and opened the show together, which is this really cool moment in which you, they, they bring gaming together. I believe when a new game comes out on Xbox... Xbox placing people congratulate those, those people through Twitter and vice versa. I saw Phil Spencer mm. sending out tweets to Shuhei Yoshida saying, hey, God of War is coming out. I'm really looking forward to that game. I want to play that game. So we are maturing, but the strategy they're applying, it doesn't, or it doesn't feel genuine. It's just playing in like, okay, Sony is getting a lot of uh, heat because of crossplay. Let's try to, try to 
try to show that we're the good guys. Oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> oh, we understand that some people don't want to do crossplay, but we want to do crossplay because, you know, we want to everybody play together. And when I hear that yeah. stuff, it really freaks me out. And I, I get mad. I just want to yell and scream, which I don't. Oops. And then somebody, something dropped. Anyways, yeah. let's get back to your <laughs> independent Nintendo stuff before this turns into a Xbox rant. <laughs> well, to to bring a long story short to the conclusion, I'm really looking forward to Cuphead. I I don't know if I'll be able to finish Cuphead because it looks it's and sounds like it's difficult. gonna be. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard too, and from what I've seen, yeah. But I am looking forward to it, and it's great that it's coming out so soon. Oh my, yeah. Okay, so very short thing here. <laughs> All the games that, like, a lot of the games that they showed are coming out in a matter of weeks. And I'm talking about, there were, th at the very least, three games that were announced that are coming out on the same day. So, April is going to be, when if you want the good, the good, good, good indie stuff, you got to come to Switch, man, because... It's all coming there, man. No, PlayStation loves indie there. as well. PlayStation loves. I'm not indie. saying that it don't. That, I'm not saying that PlayStation doesn't love indie, but with that good indie if stuff, if you want man, the weird indie Switch. stuff, just go off to the Switch. I mean, we won't miss you. Just be my guest. If you want quality <laughs> indie stuff, stay at PlayStation Nation. <laughs> mm. Right. All right. So anyway, continuing onward. So after that, they started with their game showings, and the first game after Scuphead that they showed was, uh, what's it called again? Let me look it up. Overland, which is a strategy RPG with uh, randomly generated levels, where you're trucking from I think the east coast of the U.S. to the west coast, trying to find survivors and fighting off hordes of monsters and. Uh, trying to find other people, other survivors to travel with. You can even recruit a dog. Um, no play, at least what the developer says, that no playthrough is the same. So every playthrough for every player is unique because of the randomly generated levels, but also the randomly generated instances in those levels. So sometimes you'll come across, well, well, well I'll reach the same point in the game uh, where you are, but my encounter can be completely different from your experience. And that's what they're going for. And it sounds very interesting. And it's very, and the art style is really cool. It it's actually really nice. made by, it's actually made by the same guy that made Cannibals. Remember that game? Yeah. The, the, the auto runner. Yeah. Nice. So, the, so, you know, that the pedigree is there. They have a really cool guy making the, the, the music for it. There's a lot of pedigree behind this game and it's an indie title, which is, that always that that is always something that'll that I'll have that I'll give the fullest respect onto. It's a game that's coming out this fall, so that's still it's still a ways away. But you know, it's something to look forward to. I like the art style. Um, I'm looking at the trailer right now. It really looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. So that was the um, that was Overland. Looking forward to that. I'm uh, I might actually pick it up in the fall when it comes out. Um, the next thing that they showed was, am I getting this right? Uh, no, that was not that one. Uh, NeoCab, uh, which is this mm, adventure game where you play as uh, as a 
share a, a, a ride share driver as in the only ride share driver in the whole of this neo uh, california uh, fictional california city i forget what the name was los los i forget what the name was uh, are you basically uh, los, los ojos yeah you're basically an uber driver but you're the only uber driver in town because the whole city has been taken over by this corporation and everything is automated and they're spouting this propaganda of don't trust people trust the machines <laughs> wow okay and you're there as the only uber driver in town or neo cab driver in town that is a human and you're you're working for the resistance because you're looking for uh your friend and that's what the story is about it's about interacting with your uh with your fares and talking to them trying to find out where your friend is um that sounds and like a strange game. I don't know, man. It sounds like a strange game, but I do like the aspect of it because apparent because there's also this mechanic where um, your mood changes the story. So if you're in a certain mood and you're talking to a customer, that has an effect on that storyline from that point onward. So you can have different interactions with the same person. Which again, much like Overland, has to also that same theme of every player having a slightly different experience from one another. So if you play Neo Cab and I play Neo Cab, your experience might be a bit different when interacting with the same customers than I did because I chose to be in a different mood set, for example. Okay. And yeah, that actually sounds intriguing. So um, the art style is a bit weird. And. <laughs> You know, the whole Big Brother is watching you thing is kind of creepy, but yeah, I the story sounds cool. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one as well. Um, not sure if I'm gonna pick it up. I might, I might try and check out some gameplay of it and maybe pick it up later. But yeah, it looks interesting. Um, the next one in the line that they showed, I think was no that wasn't that one um damn this list is not in order ah the next one is my friend pedro which is about a assassin is who, the name of the game my friend pedro yeah, the game. wow yes it's really called my friend pedro but listen to this premise it's about this dude who has who's an assassin that has amnesia and teams up with check this a anthropom well not an anthropomorphic banana a banana a self-aware banana that calls himself pedro Seriously? so the pedro in my friend pedro is a banana what yeah and you basically take out people in a death ballet because the character is twirling around shooting his guns at people entering bullet time and just racking up a body count that I guess even John Wick would be like, respect. So, although to be fair, I've not seen the John Wick movies yet. I still need to plan a weekend for that. But um, yeah, it looks weird and bonkers, but it also kind of looks awesome. Um, yeah, so that's my friend Pedro. So if you were looking for a game where your sanity was tested, that's that, that word right there. Um, <laughs> Creature in the Wealth um, is also a very interesting one. It's a top-down 
kind of isometric uh, action adventure where you're this mechanic in this uh, post-apocalyptic world where you have to restore power to this city and you use pinball mechanics to do so. So you have this beam sword where you can fire off these balls of energy and you have to hit certain switches to activate, but it also comes back to you and there are traps and stuff like that and you have to go through all these ruins to actually bring power back to this uh, ruined city before it gets swallowed up by a sandstorm and all of humanity is lost. The art style is very nice, though. Okay. No, the art style is very nice. I I like the look of it. I'm not sure that I'm gonna get it. Um, it looks interesting enough. Um, I'll I'll try and check it out a bit more. Um, that looked really cool. Um, I'm not really doing this in order because I this just go through games. It doesn't matter, order, right? So, I will end with what they ended with. So I'm not gonna talk about the last game, but I am gonna talk about. Uh, a game that they shadow dropped. Oh, by the way, also another thing that I forgot to mention. If we're going to do something like this, at least try to shadow drop a game because that is always something that will get a buzz going. But that's and not Sony's the shadow drop. Sony doesn't do yeah, shadow drop. Exactly, exactly, which is why they probably should have done that. And if they do whatever. that, people say, hey, they stole that from Nintendo. No, because people will say, oh my God, not only did you show us a bunch of cool games that are coming out, you just dropped a game that is really cool. And in this case, it was Blaster Master Zero 2, a sequel to a launch title for the Nintendo Switch, which is a remake of the original Blaster Master that came out on the NES. And, oh my god, that was so good. Um, just, just, seeing that, just seeing the logo from Integrates and them going... Oh, Integrates. And then I saw the Sunsoft logo, and it's like, oh my goodness. Oh, they're not going to... And they, they dropped it. Bam! Blaster Master 2 coming to Switch. Looks awesome. New mechanics that were added. I actually started playing it today. I bought it today on my Switch. And... Wow, okay. Um, uh, what am I talking about again? Can yeah. I just say that the um, name Blaster Master is just really strange? It, it just, is. I, but like, I get these really strange ideas in my head when I'm thinking about a game called Blaster Master. It, why? It could uh, you be know one what? Of those no, don't answer strange that. Don't Japanese answer Japanese games or something like well, that. Well, it is a it is a Japanese game. Oh god. Like, I don't even want to It is literally look at this a game. Japanese. I don't want to look at this. No, game. it's no, it's a it's a retro style game. Like just look at the trailer, man. It's cool. It's awesome. It's cool. If the game's called Blaster uh, Master, I'm not looking at the trailer. Dude, it's just an action game. It's an action game where you're where you're uh, okay. So the first game took place in underground caverns on Earth. The second game actually takes place on different planets in space. So you actually go planet hopping. Um, they refined some of the mechanics of the original title, which is cool because that game was hard, and this game is still really hard. I'm at the first boss of this game, and that boss just kicked my butt like <laughs> relentlessly. So I was like, okay, I am playing a Blaster Master game. It is, it is that same tough as tough as nails NES style game, and it's pretty, and you have to dedicate, you know, your movements. You die only because you messed up. So the fact that they just shadow dropped that because nobody even knew that that game was in development. They just were like, oh, new Blaster Master game. Oh, by the way, it's out today. And it only costs 10 bucks. 
get it now. Yay. It's like, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm broke. I have to wait until I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big anticlimax. <laughs> <laughs> so I so when we finally got paid, I actually did get it. So yay! <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a cool that was a cool uh, that was a cool surprise drop. Um, moving on to the next game, Katana Zero. That sounds cool. And this game, what is that? Oh, dude, look it up. It is just look the tr- look up the trailer right now. I'm gonna talk about it. Katana so Katana Zero? Zero is yeah Katana Zero, as in Katana, Katana the sword and the word zero. And this is a side-scrolling action uh, game. Have you have you played Mark of the Ninja? Uh, Do you know of Mark of the Ninja? Because uh, it's kind of like that, but it's its own thing where you play as this katana wielding assassin again with the assassins. Um, I like assassins. Where it it has i mean it has a pixel art but the aesthetics are really cool and the sound and the I'm sound design the is right really now. it really looks nice the this you have to check it out with the with the sound because the sound design is awesome it's also coming um, to pc but, by the way yeah. yeah yeah as far as i can tell it's a timed it's a, i think it's a timed exclusive on switch it says eight, eight, um, uh, april 18th available on steam at least yeah um, that's also the same day it's coming out on Switch, along with uh, Cuphead and another game. Oh, so, it's already the games are yeah. coming out pretty soon. Cuphead, for example. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, kind of... like a bunch of games are coming up in April, and oh, that's good. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, the, the gameplay in this is uh, you play as a character who goes around completing uh, assassination missions. Um, you're able to uh, slow down time and re um what do you call it then bounce off bullets off your sword and send them back to uh the enemy um but you only have one hit so if you get hit once you're dead but there's a neat rewind mechanic where it rewinds back to the start of the game and you take that experience for oh there's a enemy there who's gonna shoot me and i'm gonna have to block it this way or reflect it in this way so that i can get past that and whenever you finish a mission, you go back to your apartment, have a cup of tea, chill out, and then the next... And here's the fun part. The next day, you check in with your therapist and go through the day before. So how you tackled the mission, and you have to take mm, medications? Let me just put it that way. Okay. The doctor takes a needle and gives you your daily dose oh, that's cool. <laughs> so that you're ready for the next day. Okay, okay. <laughs> wow. I'm like, wow, okay. Um, uh, so this assassin has mental issues and has to go to <laughs> has to go to a psychiatrist on a daily basis and get a shot of whatever. Okay. Maybe that's someone was needed as well. Oh, but it looks really cool. I mean, I'm, that that for sure is a game I'm picking up 100%, like 100, 1,000%, because it just looks awesome and it looks cool. Um, So that's that. And then we have to bring it back to our fellow Dutchies. Um, have you heard of the developer Flambeer? No. So Flambeer is this 
two it's this two man development team. They're based in the Netherlands. Um, I've actually met them before a long time ago, um, back when they were still uh, you know starting out. Um, but they've made some really cool games. Uh, one of their first games was uh, Super Crate Box, um, which came out of uh, which came out on almost everything. Um, but it's basically this this very arcadey game where you um, try to survive waves of enemies and then move on to the next level. Uh, and you have this cute little character with wielding different kind of weapons like guns and. I think you can wield a, a chainsaw oh. and shotgun and bazooka <laughs> and stuff like that. I like and it's just like this cute little weird cube and you're moving around, flipping around, and it's just hilarious. Um, they are bringing two other games to their to the Switch. One of them, they also shadow dropped on that same day, which is their um, more recent game, Nuclear Throne, which uh, if you've played Enter the Gungeon, it's kind of like that where you're dropped into a randomly generated level and you have a gun and you have to kill enemies and pick up better guns. You can have two guns, but you don't wield them at the same time, so you switch between them. Um, and it, it progresses, so it's basically you, 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 you finish the level, you get sent to the next level. In between, uh, you can level up. Uh, you get these... Uh, I think it's called radiation. You pick up radiation points... And that lets you mutate your character. So whenever it mutates, you get to pick up one of three perks. And that perk, you know, goes on to the next level. And if you die, you start all over again. And the goal is, of course, to get to the titular nuclear throne. So trying to get as far as po trying to get as far as possible, but also ultimately getting to the end. I see a lot of um, um I think this game has already been out. On PC for a while, um, but I I picked it up the same day and it's good. Okay, it's like really good. Yeah, it, it's it's really fun. Yeah, it has daily challenges, weekly challenges that you can do. And those are crazy because that's uh, you only have a few hit points and then you're dead. So um, that that one's fun. And then they also announced Flambeer. Uh, fl why am I saying it in an American way? I should say it the way we always Flambeer. Okay. That's how it's supposed to be pronounced, people. It's Flambeer, not Flambeer. Um, Flambeer, uh, Flambeer Arcade, which is um, an arcade platform where they're gonna bring out smaller arcade-style experiences. Uh, the first game they announced for that was Ultra Bugs, which was this arcadey shooter kind of like galaga um where you blast bugs and the more bugs you blast the more bugs appear and you have to clear the whole screen to go to the next level and the whole thing about vlambeer arcade is that they're over time they're gonna add more of these um arcade like experiences to that game so ultra bugs is the first one and then they're gonna add more to it as time goes on which is a really cool aspect, um, especially considering that they're neat little bite-sized games. I don't think it would take them too long to make, but then again, every game that they make has pixel art, and I know for a fact that pixel art takes forever to make, so that's really impressive that they're willing to um, uh, commit to something, to a project like this, and I think 
for them it fits in their wheelhouse because they their wheelhouse is making arcade old school arcade style games um and this fits right up there in their wheelhouse so i'm actually really looking forward to that um Flumbeer arcade is coming out uh later this year that they said and super crate box is coming out sometime in april and like i said before nuclear throne you can already play right now so if you're listening to this and you want some good good games to play right now any games blaster master zero two if you've already played the first game play the sequel uh, even if you haven't played the first game <laughs> play the sequel because <laughs> because they're both good games and you don't necessarily need to play the first game to understand the story of the second game because they explain it and uh, if you want something that's easy and pick up and play, Nuclear Throne. Okay. So there are still a few games to go through, so I'm going to try and go through them a bit more quickly. Um, the next game is uh, Darkwood, which is a top-down horror game. Not not to be a bummer, but this was the weak point of the of the indie indie direct. This was not... I mean, I get the point. It's basically it's a top-down game where you're um, trying to survive. Um, what's that game again? The um, there was a game that came out that was similar to this, with had an isometric view. I think it was called Don't Starve. So it's kind of like that, but you're playing um, the environment that you're playing with is in total darkness, and the only thing that you can see is the light that you have which projects into a cone and the light source directly around you. So you can't see what's behind you, for example. You'd have to physically turn around in the game to see if something's coming to creep up on you, if you hear a weird noise or something. And I guess that's kind of cool. And you have these interactions with these weird creatures that give me the skeeves that just creep me out and make my skin crawl for all the wrong reasons. Okay. Um, so, I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into horror games, I it, it, as they said in the trailer, it's a slow-moving horror game, so it's not going for the chump scares. The art style didn't really grab me. Uh, I don't know. I'll, may, I'll check it out, but I don't think I'm going to pick it up. It is coming out in May for those that are want to pick it up, look up the trailer, see if it's something that you want to pick up, and make up your own mind about that one. Um, I don't really have a lot of a lot to talk about that one. This one, however, looks really fun. Um, it's called Blood Roots, and it's about this dude wearing a wolf skin on his head, okay. who just goes around killing everybody in the most inventive ways possible. The whole point of the game is that you're putting in, you're put into this environment, and you have to kill as many people as possible. And you have to do it in a combo. So you have to create a long comp, a, a biggest possible combo to get maximum points. And whenever you die, you in the place that you died, flowers begin to bloom, and those are called blood roots. They're an actual thing that exists. This is not something that I learned from the game. This is something that I learned um, from another podcast that I was listening to that was talking about it, and they were actually talking about actual blood roots where they're an actual plant that um, if you pick them up and you crush their buds, the, the, um, 
the substance that kind of that comes out of it is blood red. So you know that's freaky. That's a weird thing to call your name I, to I call your game for. This, but I, I, don't, I didn't expect this kind of game to be available on a Switch because it doesn't sound like a game Nintendo. But the violence? Yeah, it doesn't sound like a game Nintendo <laughs> want on their platform. Nintendo's pretty no, but. Um, yeah, but friendly to put it that way, and I'm surprised that this game is coming out because it doesn't sound like a Nintendo game. Well, ever since the end of the Wii U and the beginning of the Switch, Nintendo has been way more open to this kind of games um, because they know that there's an audience for it, and just shunning them outright doesn't garner them more fans because they know that they have the Nintendo fan base. But the Nintendo fan base is not one that's particularly growing. It was kind of stagnant. It's the reason why the Wii U only sold 13 million units in four years. And the Switch has sold more than twice of that in half, not even a quarter of the time that the Wii U was on the market. So, yeah, I mean, that's they know that they have a they can reach a bigger audience by having these kinds of games. Sadly, big third-party games are not coming out for it, so awesome indie developers have to step up and bring their cool-ass games to the Switch, and Nintendo's very open in being very accepting of these games. So, yeah, I mean, Blood Roost looks awesome. Katana Zero looks awesome. Everything looks awesome, well, except for maybe Darkwood, but that's just taste. Everything is awesome. <laughs> that's the only thing that pops into my mind when you say that. <laughs> Everything is cool. <laughs> You're part of a team. <laughs> uh, oh, good grief! Do you know All right, let's move where on. I got okay. that from? Or? Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. I know. It's from the Lego Movie. Cool. I saw that movie a bunch of times. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, okay. So, moving on to the next one, Red Lantern is a game about uh, you playing the musher. Who's taking uh, part in the Iditarod? You know what the Iditarod is. Ew. So um, in Alaska, or in Canada, let's say Alaska. In Alaska, they have these dog sledding races called the Iditarod, where you have to go from point A from point B, and it takes I think days or maybe weeks or something like that to get from point A to point B because it's just you and your sled and your dogs going through the Alaskan wilderness, trying to get from the start to the finish. It's not about who finishes first, although if you finish first, that's great. It's about getting, actually completing the Iditarod, because the Iditarod in real life has a lot of dangers to it, and that's what this game is trying to convey. Um, it is a very narrative-heavy kind of game. It The art style is reminiscent of Firewatch, if you've seen that game, I, I if like you played Firewatch. that game. Um, it has that very, it has a very distinct look, and the 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 trailer has a very sad moment um, that a lot of people don't like, at least from the the reaction that I saw from people, um, and I tend to agree with that because I'm looking at the trailer uh, right now. Yeah, just look at the trailer. I want I won't spoil this one. Just look at the trailer, and yeah, th there's a moment in there that that that'll just get you off guard and kind of breaks your heart. Is it at the beginning of the trailer? No, it's a bit midway through the trailer. Okay. The beginning of the trailer is more, uh, you know, setting up the world and setting up the narrative of the 
of the game. It really looks nice. Um, from, uh, like it does yeah, it's it's a it's a re- it's a really pretty game. I'm yeah. actually kind of oh, looking forward to that. There's a bear. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Oh, okay. The worst part is when the tra- the worst part is when the trailer continues because then you see that the dog died because the spot where that dog used to occupy in the lineup is empty. No. Yeah, so that's very sad. I don't want to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you play the game, hey, maybe you can protect the dog this time. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> like a quick time yeah. event that you get to save the dog. Yeah, I mean, so that I mean, that's a very uh, story-driven game. So I'm actually, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Not just because it's pretty, but to see how far it can get and if I can survive and protect my puppies. Um, the next game that I'm, the, the next thing I'm on my list here is uh, Stranger Things Three, the game. Which have you seen? Uh, have you seen the TV show? Yeah, definitely. the first two seasons. Yeah, I'm well, well looking yeah forward so. To season three. Yeah, which is coming out on the same day as this game is dropping, oh, which nice. is the Ju- July the fourth. So, the um, what they did say is that this game is does take place during season three. So they're they're kind of positioned as a companion piece to season three. So they're like, watch the show, play the game, get the full experience by playing the game and watching the series at the same time. That's kind of the vibe that they were giving off. The game looks awesome. It's this isometric 3D um, uh, action adventure game, action adventure RPG. I don't think they're, I don't think you level up, but there is an action adventure element to it where you just beat the living snot out of everybody in the city. Nice. So that's fun. <laughs> can, you, can you play it in co-op? Because I see two people playing. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's co-op, but they didn't really talk about it. And looking at the description, it doesn't say it. Yeah, because but... there's like... Yeah, a yeah, no, it says... Yeah, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it says here. Um, uh, explore Hawkins, solve policies, and team up with a friend in local co-op. Yeah, yeah. So there's local co- co-op. Um... So let's see what else that we have here. Okay, so the next game in here is uh, Rad from Double Fine, which is um, a developer most people know, of course, for Psychonauts and Brutal Legend and Stacks. Um, this is their next game, Rad, where you play as, I guess, a kid. I'm not really sure. I think it's a kid in this post-apocalyptic world where nothing is growing. And you have to make it bloom again because you're the only thing you're the only person that allows life to grow for some reason. But also one of the game mechanics is that there are mutants in the world and you as a character can mutate parts of your body in different things. And the trailer is so weird and so 90s. And some of the abilities are so weird. One of the abilities that um, that was shown during the trailer is that you have a spider butt and you can give birth to spider clones like little tiny spider babies with your face on it and they can follow you and do and and they answer to your bidding which is really weird and totally totally double fine stuff so yeah um yeah, and that that game is coming out this summer so uh, and it's a 3D action roguelike so that means the, the 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 levels are never the same, um, and the enemy placement is never the same. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. 
That looks weird enough. That looks right up my alley in terms of weirdness. Uh, I think... Oh, right. There's one more game before we get to the last game, which was the Big Sur 5. The game before that one is uh, Swim Sanity, which is a side-scrolling multiplayer sh underwater shooter, as they're calling it. Um, kind of like Gradius, but playing Gradius with multiplayer. So probably more like Darius. Um, yeah, you're underwater, you're shooting stuff, there are these creatures. Mm, it looks fine. I mean, I th these are, this is one of the kind of games that I feel like I should play first before I give my final judgment on it. Because if I'm going on it from the trailer alone and the art style alone, it's not doing it for me. But maybe it's more fun than it looks good. So... Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to play it. It has local and online gameplay. It has leaderboards. Um, and you can play... Yeah, so it, it it really does focus on the, 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 the multiplayer aspect. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to play it first to see, to see what I feel about it. Um, and the last game... Actually, I kind of want you to just watch the, the... You know, I mean, I can tell you, but then... Yeah. Here's the thing. So I'm going to try and set it up for you as much as possible with my word images. So <laughs> this was the last game that they were showing. And they were giving this spiel about they were they were ending the Nindies Direct with, oh, yeah, we know we we um, we appreciate all the indie titles that are on our platform. And as of this week, I think until from that day till I think next week. Um, they're having, at least in the U.S. eShop, a sale on a bunch of indie titles, a bunch of really good indie titles, which I wish, like, why don't we have these same discounts in the European eShop? But whatever, I can always pick up a Nintendo eShop uh, point uh, um, um, wallet card from online or whatever and buy them that way. Um, so they talk about that, and they're basically finishing up and then the music starts changing, and there's this really funky beat playing, and they notice that in the in the shot. So the presenters are like, "Do you hear this weird beat? Where is it coming from?" And then it switches to the game trailer, and it uh, says, "From the creators of Crypt of the Necrodancer." Do you know Crypt of the Necrodancer? No. Okay, so very brief history about what Crypt of the Necrodancer is. It is a top-down ish. Isometric like uh, rhythm action game where you are going through this um, through these crypts, but it's rhythm based. So it's your movement, your actions are based on the music playing in that level. So you play it to the beat and you attack to the beat. If you miss your point, you get attacked. If you don't miss it, you get to kill the enemy. So you move to the beat of the of the song, and everybody moves to the beat of the song. You, the enemies, the level, everything moves to the beat of the song. Then the main character gets out of the crypt, and she's in this really weird place because it doesn't. The game already doesn't look like it normally does, and it looks weird and different. And then suddenly the music changes, and it turns into something. A lot of Nintendo fans should be familiar with. And then she ends the line with, 
this place is different, but I'm meant to be here. And I'm not alone with this. I have help. And then, bam, you see Link and Zelda side by side. And it's suddenly a Zelda game. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Everybody was like, what? An indie developer is making a game with Nintendo characters in them. And it's not just a flyby thing. And then it, the whole trailer changes and the music changes and it's and you realize that it's the Legend of Zelda music that's been playing the whole time, but remixed to to fit the the Crypt of the Necro Dancer style, and it's awesome. Like you have to listen to the music; it is so awesome. It has this really awesome funky beat, and the trailer is timed to the actual beat of the song. So all the actions that you're seeing Link and and uh, the main character Cadence and Zelda that are fighting. They're fighting on the beat of the music, which is so cool. And then it ends with the title, and the title is probably the longest title I've seen since uh, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix 2.8 Final Remix, blah, blah, blah. Because this game is called Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. That's the full title oh of the game. God. Still yeah, try and put that, try try and put that in your news article. It's just, yeah. it's like why? Oh why are you naming it that long? <laughs> why is the name so long? Who came up with that name? I don't know, man. But I have to believe that Nintendo had something to do with it. I don't hope so. <laughs> I fear that it's true, though. But seriously, this is I think. Outside of outside of um no, I don't think they've ever done this before. I'm trying to think really long and hard about this, but this has to be the first time that Nintendo has partnered with an indie developer and said, We like your game. Could you put our characters in your indie game? I mean, they've done it before with Ubisoft, with uh Mario versus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle and with Starlink. But that's Ubisoft. That I can understand. This is just next level. This is so bizarre. It's just, I, I, it looks so cool and looks so interesting. And everybody, not everybody that I talk, everybody that I see talking about is suddenly discovering, you know, Crypt of the Necrodancer, and everybody's all suddenly like, oh, I want to check out Crypt of the Necrodancer. Have you played Crypt of the Necrodancer? I thought I bought it on Steam, because I've been getting the, the, the notification of, you know, it's on discount. So I thought I bought it a long time ago, and then I went to check my Steam library, and it's like, it's on your wish list. I'm like, fudge. Okay, that, okay that's fine. <laughs> and then I went to, and then I tried to, and, and then I was like, okay, so let me just see if I can, how much is on Switch. And it's like, on Switch, it's 20 bucks. I'm like, ah, uh, fudge, seriously? Okay. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I mean, this game is coming out in spring, so I don't know if I'm going to pick up the actual Crypt of the Necrodancer first or if I'm going to pick up Cadence of Hyrule first. Either way, I'm picking up Cadence of Hyrule. I mean, I, I kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> at this point it's like okay you got me you got me good get 
good game. That, that's how they ended this one. And that just blew everybody's mind, including my own. Nice. So Oh man, that was that was good. That was like and like and at all, this Nindy's Direct was probably their best. As I said before at the beginning of this uh, segment, but that was their best. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of the games that they announced. Um, like I said, the the presentation style as it is, because it's a direct, they have people presenting these games to us, sometimes in cringy ways, which I will admit, the cringe was there at certain points. But the way they started this show... And they went the way they ended it just it just brought it all full circle. They started with something that people didn't expect would ever happen, which is a Microsoft exclusive published by Microsoft being brought to the Switch thanks to Microsoft. And a collaboration that nobody in there like if you were to go back even five years from uh, five years ago and say that there's gonna be an indie game. Oh, or because Crypto the Nutcracker Dancer is a pretty old game. I think it came out five years ago or so. So even if you went back five years ago and you said, hey, you know Crypt of the Necro Dancer? In the future, there's going to be a new Crypt of the Necro Dancer and it's going to have The Legend of Zelda in it. I would probably have to smack you in the face and tell you to stop taking those peyotes because Everybody you're taking you way too afraid. much peyote. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, wow. And this is from a Nindies Direct. They have to bring their A game for E3. Well, we just have to wait and see. <sighs> wow. Okay. This E3 is going to be wild, man. Uh, I'm, I'm just really saying. curious what's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. We're almost there two months, and then we'll see. Yeah, that's true. Cool. All right, so that's it for this second segment. Uh, thank you, uh, guys, for listening, uh, for downloading this uh, bonus round episode. Let us know what thank you, you think. Thank you for being here with me, Sean. Yes, let us know what you think. You can always find us on our Twitter, which is at game underscore rivals underscore. Uh, you can find me on at Maximilian. You can always email us at gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. You can always leave us a audio response in the anchor app um give us ratings let us know what you think of the show we'd like to hear your feedback please share it with us and thank you for listening tell somebody about our podcast tell somebody share our podcast yeah. let people know that we're here let them know that you're listening to an awesome podcast about Nintendo and PlayStation. Why do you have to the put it in that, that Nintendo order? Why do you have to put it in that order? It's PlayStation and then it's Nintendo. It's not Nintendo and then PlayStation. Because Nintendo came first and it will always no, come no, first. No, 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 no. We'll end it at that. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll be talking for another hour. We'll end it at that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, everybody, for listening. So, yeah. See you with the next regular update of the Game Rivals. Bye, everybody. Later.